Yes, Heavenly Father, we welcome you here. We just invite you, Lord Jesus, by your Holy Spirit to move among us, that your will would be done, that, Lord, this morning that we would again be porous to your Holy Spirit, that you would fill this place and all the places where people are gathered by live stream, that you would fill these places with your Holy Spirit presence of mercy, grace and mercy and truth, of faith, hope and love. We pray this in your matchless name, Jesus. Amen. Good morning. It is, uh, again, good to see you here this morning and to have you join us by live stream. Welcome uh, to you as well. What time is it? If uh, I ask you that question, maybe you're, you look at your watch, your watch or uh, your laptop, if you're joining us by live stream or your iPhone, all of those would tell you what time it is. But if you branch out from there and just think a little bit bigger, some of you might say, well, it's fall. Um, I understand the uh, autumn equinox was September 22nd. And so, yes, we're in fall. So that's true too. But there's another era that we're in, another time frame that we're in, another time zone. And I wonder if we're aware of it. I wonder if we are aware of the significance of the time zone that we're in. What is the time that we are actually in? All of us. Uh, we are concluding our series, our sermon series, as we've been looking at Westview's vision and the four phrases of that vision. And this morning, the fourth phrase that we're looking at is to live out the gospel and extend Christ's love to the world. To live out the gospel and extend Christ's love to the world. That is the fourth phrase in our vision. It sounds good. It sounds virtuous. It's biblical. But it's also difficult and challenging. Over the past several months, we heard again of the revelations uh, from some of the uh, uh, schools uh, in Canada where there were these uh, called residential schools where there were these burials that were discovered. And we recognize of the difficulties in our own Canadian history and even among um, churches and people that call themselves Christians. So we here at Westview, we acknowledge by including this phrase in our vision, to live out the gospel and extend Christ's love to the world. We recognize this to be an aspiration. It's what we envision, what the Lord has given us is a vision for us to do. And we acknowledge that it is a challenge at the same time. And so to uh, help us in the conversation this morning, I've invited Norma Jeremika Gressel to join me in the conversation. Norma is an indigenous woman from the Northwest Territories who joined her and her family, joined Westview in 2019. It seems like tons of years ago when we say back before, right? 
2019. And so I'm going to ask Norma to come up and, and join us um, uh, on the platform here. And as Norma's doing that, and, and maybe I'll have you take this seat over here, Norma. Um, as Norma does that, uh, I'll give you this microphone. I want to just remind you that we're going to take time for a question and response in a little while. And so I want to encourage you, if you have a pen and paper handy, or if you have your phone and you want to do it that way, you can do it that way. But to write down, you can text or email your question to ask at westviewchurch.ca. And you can do that at any time. And then towards uh, uh, later on in our discussion, we'll pause for a time of question and response. Okay. Uh, so, Norma, thanks again uh, for, for being here. Um, why don't you start by just giving us a bit of a, an introduction to you? Good morning. Just to translate, I just gave thanks to our Lord for giving me the opportunity to share with you this morning, and I'm asking for wisdom and guidance in what I'm going to share with you this morning. So my name is Norma Jeremika Gressel. I'm originally from Wati, Northwest Territories. It's a small, tiny community. It's isolated. Um, and I grew up in an environment where we didn't have running water or electricity until I was 12. So times were tough. Mm. But I'm also a residential school survivor because I did go to residential school um, just towards the end of the schools being closed. Mm. Mm. So, thank, thank you. you. And by the way, what was the language when you were starting? Mm -hmm. What is that language that it's you were It's the Dene language. It's, it's the Dene language. It's called? Klingchon. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we have been talking uh, a little bit about uh, a variety of things, but um, you, you were mentioning that you were a residential school survivor, and, and in the past months, uh, we uh, have learned again of some of the revelations that uh, took place on some of these residential schools. Uh, what particularly catches your attention when you hear about these discoveries or even uh, when you get a sense of, um, you know, the, what's going on? What particularly catches your attention? I put some notes together so I remind myself. <laughs> I think the first thought was, thank God, mm. the, the children are found. We've mm. been saying it for years and years. We knew of the stories, but... It's, it's time, right? Mm. It's time people know. And also acknowledging that systemic racism still exists. Mm. We're still controlled by the government. And mm. I know a lot of different organizations and ethnicities are controlled that way. Um, but there's still a division in the bodies in Canada, mm. right? Some people believe it happened. Some people don't believe it happened. Um, so it's, it's still a learning process for, every, for a lot of people. So because of what the government did, what the Roman Catholic Church did, what the Protestant Church did, they tried to take the indigenous child and mold them into non-indigenous people. And they didn't succeed. We're still here. Mm -hmm. um, but I think every indigenous person will tell you that the only apology they're looking for is from the Roman Catholic Church. And that still hasn't happened yet. So there's a lot of debate. And I think racism 
it's going to be around for a long time until we educate ourselves. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you were just uh, I'm picking up on when you were saying systemic racism, mm -hmm. and um, and and this is just in in conversation here. Um, how would you describe racism? Like I, I know it's a loaded word, and and people some people um, feel like. Uh, you know, that, that word carries a lot with it and, and people react to it because maybe they're thinking, well, I'm a kind person, etc. Um, so maybe just from your perspective, unpack that idea of, of racism a little bit. What does that mean in, in your perspective? That's a really hard question. I struggled with that yesterday <laughs> because I've never been asked, what mm. is racism? What does it mean to you? Because I face racism all my life. Right. So to... Um, <laughs> Mm. Racism comes in many different forms. It could be direct or indirect. Mm. It could be a body language of some sort. It could be mm. things said to you directly. Mm. Right? Uh, it's a racism is social injustice. It's falsely constructed, but it's deeply embedded because a lot of people, and I've met Canadians, many wonderful people who have been honest with me and said, all my life, I've been told, stay away from indigenous people. Stay mm. away from the aboriginals. Stay away from the Indians. They're no good. And people have come to me to apologize for that. I don't need your apology. I just need you to learn and mm. educate yourself and educate those around you, your family, your friends, so they know that this needs to stop. Mm. Right? Yeah, you know, that's really good. And um, it, it's something that I acknowledge um, in my life, um, we, I acknowledge that for, for all of us, uh, the, the background that we have grown up in, we all grow up in a particular background and that it, it forms and informs who we are. It shapes who we are. Mm -hmm. And some of that is good, mm -hmm. but some of it isn't. And it needs to be challenged. It's okay to, to challenge it, too. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's part of, of what you're saying uh, mm -hmm. here, as I'm hearing you. Yeah. Um, and, and even this idea of systemic, it sounds like when you're saying like government and so on, that there are systems and structures mm -hmm. that are, have, have racism built into the system and structure itself. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And I think where I'm from in the Northwest Territories years ago, it's probably about 20 years now, the government recognized what it was doing to the Indigenous people. So they've adopted a policy where they had to hire First Nations uh, people first before they consider other applications. Mm. So we have a priority hiring process. Mm. So that kind of made it easier for Indigenous people to get employed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so have you, uh, what, what kind of experiences have you or, or your, your husband, Dan, or, or your friends or family members uh, experienced in the way of racism? What, give us a sense of what that might be. I think it's more of a um, reaction, like I could share it with you. My husband, um, he's blonde, blue eyes, and he's indigenous. So when we have conversations with people, and he's been in conversations where there's non-Indigenous people, and he would hear the conversations of what's being said about Indigenous people. And when he tells them, well, I'm Métis, I'm Indigenous, 
the reaction he would get would be like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean it that way. Hmm. Right? So mm. that, that happens. To me personally, like going through school, um, I challenged myself. So I didn't have a whole lot of Indigenous friends in school. But I was called Indian mm. um, more than once. And I, at the time, I just said, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. There's other times where people look at you and like, oh, and they just look at you and they just turn away and walk away. They don't want to interact with you because of the way you look or maybe the way you dress. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and so it sounds like um, words that are meant in a derogatory way mm -hmm. or the way people treat you based on how you, what you look like or mm -hmm. the clothes you wear. Or sometimes who you're with. Right. Yeah, or who you're with. Mm -hmm. Um, a friend of mine who's an indigenous fellow w told me that um, quite often when he would go into a convenience store, um, somebody would keep an extra eye on him. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he would be followed around in the store. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had that. <laughs> yeah. I've had that here in Calgary. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. Uh, and without knowing anything more about you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's all assumptions. People assume based on what you look like or who you are or they put you in a category mm. a social class of some sort right and they label you that way mm -hmm. but they need to get to know you right before they can place that judgment on you and, and who are we to judge right we're not judges ourselves yeah amen mm. um and so you know moving to uh a little closer to to westview here what has been your experience uh, and, and, I, and I know this might be putting you on the spot or putting us on the spot, um, but we're here, and we want to open this up a little bit, but what has been your experience? You're kind of new to Westview, um, so this is an advantage to us to, to kind of hear what, what has experience been like for you coming to Westview. Okay. Well, when we first came to Westview, we were greeted by the greeters in the front, and we felt welcomed. And when we came into the service, we sat down on a spot to sit. And after the service, we went out to the foyer and we, you know, stood there and looked around. Nobody greeted us. Nobody approached us. And I thought, mm. oh, okay, well, maybe everybody's shy or maybe we need to do the approaching ourselves. But Tyler spotted us <laughs> and chatted with us and asked us how we felt the service was and if we're new. And so we chatted with him a bit and we, were, we did mention that we were looking for church of family church for us to attend and we felt comfortable here and we also got Tim Horton cards so <laughs> <laughs> so my husband says that's what made us come back <laughs> but we did come regularly and every time we came like we just, it was the same um, mm. nobody really approached us nobody asked us who we were or you know how service was or there was mm. no communication mm. When we did attend the welcome feast, we met other newcomers to the church, and we met an elder couple, Roger and Shirley, and mm -hmm. we started interacting with the people we met there. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that maybe brings us um, to the, my, my next question, and you and I talked about this uh, earlier in the week. Um, how would, you know, give us some advice um, on how... How, how would you like people to converse with you? And, and I'm thinking now of people like, you know, we're crossing ethnic uh, boundaries. I hope we are, right? And we want to. 
Um, but if we uh, are going to be completely transparent, it can be um, awkward or difficult, or, or we don't know how, or we haven't, people haven't talked to us about it. And, 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 and so tell us, what would be, give us some advice, what would be a good way to approach uh, uh, indigenous people or people just crossing ethnic, uh, crossing the ethnic hallway? Mm -hmm. I think it all just begins with introducing yourself, right? And then if you're going to acknowledge me, acknowledge me by my name. Um, don't say, hey you, or hey lady, or anything like that, right? Just acknowledge me and ask questions. If you're curious, ask questions. That's the only way you're going to learn, is to educate yourself. Mm. My experience is, is far different from other residential school survivors. But I know the history. I, my parents have gone through it. My mm -hmm. grandparents have gone through it. So ask questions. Just approach us and ask questions. People, as from an Indigenous perspective, we're storytellers. We love telling stories. So if you can catch us for 10 minutes, you'll probably hear a good story. <laughs> and we're, we love humor. We love laughter. So mm -hmm. you'll probably hear us laughing a lot if we get into conversations. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Is there... Um... A scripture passage that comes to mind when uh, in this conversation that you wanted to to share with us yes yes sorry i'm just going to pull that up so the scripture i wanted to share with you is acts 17 24 to 28 it says god who made the world and everything in it is the lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhibit the world, the whole earth. And he marked out the appointed times in history and the boundaries in their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and mm -hmm. have our being. As some of our own poets have said, we are his offspring. Mm. My prayer is that we as a church will deal with both racism and inequality as the sins that they are and to restore the unity and equality that God desires for us all. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, I think it's appropriate to appreciate Norma through applause, actually, uh, if you would do that. Um, um, it, it takes a lot of courage to have a conversation like this. It takes a lot of courage to come and listen to a conversation like this. And here we are. Thank you, Lord. And, you know, that passage, um, the Lord has marked out the times. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I began uh, by asking you what time it is. Uh, and understanding the time that we're in. Jesus talked about that. He asked people, do you know the time? Do you recognize what time we're in? And I want to just, for a moment, ask you to turn to Luke chapter 4. Uh, Luke chapter 4. When Jesus came to Nazareth, and I'm reading verse 16, when Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. So he went, he's in Nazareth where he grew up, and he would often go to the synagogue whenever he was in a, in a town. So he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place 
where it is written. And I just want to pause there. It's very interesting to me. Like, um, I understand the tradition is you stand up to read and you sit down to teach. So he stood up to read, and they handed him the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. Now, the, the, the prophet Isaiah was the prophet who was speaking to Israel at the time of their, their captivity in Babylon. And so Jesus takes that scroll. Verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord, Jesus reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To let the oppressed go free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. These words, Jesus rolled, took the whole scroll, but he unrolled it to this section. And he... Uh, was reading the words from Isaiah. Now, the prophet Isaiah was speaking originally to the Israelites who were coming out of exile. They were coming out of exile. They were in captive, uh, captivity in Babylon. And the prophet Isaiah was giving them a sense of the hope that they had for the future. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit was upon him. And then he read this section. And after he read this, verse 20, he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendants, attendant and sat down and this is what he taught the eyes of this all the synagogue were fixed on him then he began to say to them today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing in 33 AD or whatever that time was today this scripture that he read that was from Isaiah the prophet has been fulfilled in your hearing Jesus applied what Isaiah was saying to himself. He was the one that was to come. Jesus was the one that was to come. He was proclaiming that the time had now arrived. Jesus was proclaiming that there is established a new social order. A new social order where people relate to God and to each other in a very particular way. He was essentially announcing that the kingdom of heaven had come to earth because of this way of living. And in his saying it, it was established. Just like God, through the word, created and at the beginning of time. As soon as God created through the word at the beginning of time, he spoke and it was established. And now through the Lord Jesus Christ, he is proclaiming it and it is established. It's time for a change, Jesus said. Actually, what he was saying is, there's a time change. There's a new time. It's called KST. Kingdom Standard Time. We're living in Kingdom Standard Time. We're living in Kingdom Standard Time. That's the time we're living in. It's a particular kind of kingdom. It's a kingdom that is defined by its king, who is Jesus. It's a kingdom defined by a particular social order, the way we relate to the Lord, but the way we relate to each other. 
There's a visible restructuring that goes on. The way that we relate to each other. A visible restructuring. God is saying that in Jesus, in this new kingdom standard time, the kingdom has been expanded. It's expanded beyond the Israelites, the Jews. It's expanded to all the world. And especially and particularly to those who were oppressed, to those who were disenfranchised, to those who were overlooked and unconsidered. And to those who were blind to it. Released for the captive and sight to the blind. The good news is, what is so significant about this is that this is about the earth. This is about our life in the present. It is not about something in the future. Jesus was proclaiming something in the present that was happening on earth. It's been and is about earth here and now. Jesus was literally healing people physically. But he was also healing people spiritually and relationally. This is profoundly good news. This is the good news, especially for people who are feeling marginalized, who are feeling the systems and structures are against them who feel like they are not noticed or they don't count or they're too small or they're too young or they're too, uh, uh, have a different color skin. They're too this or they're too that. This is the good news that Jesus was proclaiming and it rings so true in so many people's ears. And this is the purpose of the church, the gathered people, the assembly of the followers of Jesus. We are invited to model this new social order. To live in this kingdom standard time. To participate with him. Because this is what he's doing. And we get the opportunity to participate in what the Creator's doing. He's inviting us to participate with him in this mission. This kingdom standard time. And so we practice, we model it when we are together. And then we extend it when we go. So we live this gospel. We live it out. We embody this gospel. When we get together, we practice it here. We figure it out here. And as Norma said, we ask questions here. Because here it's safe. You can ask questions and we'll get it wrong and we'll make mistakes and then I'll apologize and I'll say, sorry, I'm trying. But I get it wrong sometimes. But we want to cross the floor, cross the aisle and get to know each other and get to know me and I get to know you and we practice it here so that then when we go out into our world on Monday and Tuesday, we extend that gospel to our neighbors and to our friends and to the grocery store, and to the school hallway, and to the workplace. Extending Christ's love to the world. So I want to pause here uh, for, for some question and response time. I'm going to invite the music team to join us on the platform here while um, you think of your, your question. You can text or, or email it. Text or email it to ask at westviewchurch.ca 
and we will take your questions. If you have a question for Norma or for me, I asked Norma, I, I said, are you willing to, to take questions? She said yes. Uh, and so you can, you can uh, do that. And if you would like, you can um, stand up where you are here um, and, and uh, ask your question. Uh, if you're on live stream um, and you're, you can write a question or a comment in the, the YouTube, if you're on YouTube, write in the comment section. We'll take your question that way. Uh, whatever it is, uh, let's take a, a, a few minutes to uh, uh, ask some questions. Yeah, no, thank you, Norma, for being here and being a part of this. And uh, it was so good that day to welcome you and your family. And it still is uh, to have you a part of our church. And so uh, it is so good to have you here. This is for you, at least the first question here that I've received. Knowing the hurt that many have experienced by the church, what then drew you to faith in Jesus and the desire to connect in community in the church? Okay. That's a really good question. Yeah, it is. Um, I grew up in a Roman Catholic church. Um, I was raised by my grandma, and so I went through the whole Catholic church um, process where I was an altar girl to doing all this stuff that I needed to do. And I remember when I was young, I asked one of the nuns, I said, how can I be a Christian? And she said, oh, you're a Christian. I said, oh, okay, so does that mean I'm going to heaven? And she said, yes. But I think that didn't answer my question. So I was always curious. It was in 1998 when my older sister became a Christian. She started talking to me about the Bible and asking me, you know, you should actually read the Bible. <laughs> and at the time, I thought it was only the priests who were allowed to read the Bible. I didn't know I was allowed to read. So when I started reading it and I started praying, I felt this mm. wonderful, like it, it was an, an experience, like my eyes were opened. Mm. And it's the first time I saw, wow, mm. I'm actually understanding what I'm reading. Mm. And this yeah. is nothing compared to what I learned in the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. And shortly after that, I applied for Bible school. And I went to a Prairie Bible College for four years to expand my knowledge, to educate myself in Christian faith. Amen. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it is so Thank awesome. Thank you for, for sharing that. Mm -hmm. uh, another question here. Do you think that it is your responsibility to educate us about indigenous culture and racism or our responsibility to initiate the learning? I think it can be both. I would say if you're curious, start asking questions. Do the research. There's a lot of information on the Truth and Reconciliation website as well as the Murdered and Missing Women website. It will tell you a lot of the history and approach us. Indigenous people are willing to educate you as well. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. good. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Those are good questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Understanding. And, and, and this was, you know, um, just to, to touch on that, I, I asked Norma, I, I was making clear that I wasn't asking Norma to represent all Indigenous people, okay, uh, it, but to speak personally. Um, and so I do like the, the question around, you know, whose responsibility is it? And, and I, I love what you were saying, Norma, that it's, it's, it's uh, all of our responsibilities. Um, yeah, that's good. Any questions that you have that you want to offer here? Uh, you're will, uh, just willing to do that. Um, we'll just pause for another moment. If you want to stand and ask your question, you can do that. Or if you want to text or, or email another question. Uh, we'll get to those. Um, and if not, then let me just close with a couple of things then. Thank you, uh, Tyler. 
The first thing I want to do is just remind you of the good news. If you are feeling like you don't matter or you don't count, or you have been put down, or nobody sees you, or nobody cares, Jesus sees you and He cares. He knows you, and He is calling you by your name. That's good news. And I want to invite you, if you haven't already, to accept Jesus' invitation to join the family of God. Because you matter. And it is His invitation to you. The second thing I want to invite those of us who are followers of Jesus. I want to invite us to a time of introspection. To a time of self-examination. It is something that I have been doing for years and continue to do. I sometimes use the, the phrase, uh, well, I won't use it here. I'll be careful. I'll, I'll, I'll govern my language. But I need to be examine myself. We need to examine ourselves. The psalmist says in Psalm 139, Search my heart and test my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There are things that I need to have the Lord forgive. He needs to forgive me. And then there are blind spots. And that's what the psalmist is saying. There are things that I don't know. But when I get with friends of other ethnicities and we have time together and we have coffee or we eat together and we learn from each other, that's when I learn and I grow. And I go, oh, I didn't know that. Thank you. We need a time of introspection. So many of us have grown up and been formed and informed by a background where there's a lot of privilege that we've been grown up with. And so sometimes the good news isn't necessarily good news to us because what it means for us is that we actually have to lay down some of our privilege. We have to actually open our hands and let it go. But when we do that, we're also Christ-like because even though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be held onto, but humbled himself and took the form of a servant. Being found in human form, he humbled himself. And the last thing I want to invite us into is to consider who it is that the Lord is prompting you to come alongside and to begin to ask questions. There may be somebody here in our congregation. There may be somebody that you know. And the Lord is saying, just go ahead. Ask a question. Go ahead. And the Lord is going to put people in your path this week. I know he will. I know he will. And he's just going to say, just come alongside, introduce yourself and ask a question. Seek to understand. Live out the gospel and extend Christ's love to the world. Amen. Thank you, Norman.